Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Go for a Walk podcast with me, your host, Sierra Rudin. Today, we have Paul Williamson on the podcast, and I'm so excited for this episode, guys. He has such a cool story and just so much wisdom and advice that I cannot wait for you guys to hear. So without further ado, let's go for a walk with Paul. All right. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sierra. How are Um, you doing? I am doing great. Happy to be here. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Tell the listeners a a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Paul Williamson, and um, I know Sierra because my daughter, Ivy, is a (laughs) freshman here at UNI, and her and Sierra got to know each other a little bit back in Des Moines, Iowa, um, where they went to high school at different high schools. And um, so that's how I know Sierra, but, but a little bit about myself. I am 46 years old. And I currently live in Chicago, Illinois, and I, um, I'll i go way back. I was born in Ocean City, New Jersey, 1974. Um, my dad was from Pennsylvania. His mom was from uh, Ocean City, so they met on a blind date. I was born in 74 and lived in New Jersey for six years, then moved to Pennsylvania, grew up there, graduated high school. Yeah, Paul is Ivy, one of my friends here at UNI's dad. And yeah, so he lives in Chicago now, and we'll just get into your story. Yeah, tell us about your story. Um, what happened after, after high school? How did you get to what you're doing today? Okay, so um, my senior year of high school, I decided I was going to go to Liberty University. So okay. I signed up um, to go to Liberty and planned on going there for four years. Um, but I didn't really have money for college. So like most of us. (laughs) So yeah, back then, like my dad was a carpenter. My mom was a interior decorator, but they really hadn't saved any money for Mm -hmm. any of the kids to go to college. My brother didn't even, I had an older brother. He didn't go to college probably for that reason. Um, so I signed up for the military at the same time I signed up for Liberty and I signed up as an army reservist because I would, I would have to go to boot camp. Um, miss a semester of college, but then I would get the GI Bill, which gives you some money for college, and then they pay you monthly. So I ended up um, going to Liberty for my freshman first semester, loved it, made great friends, and um, planned on going back there as soon as I was done with my military uh, commitment. So I went home Christmas break, shipped off to the military in January, which would have been when I would have went back for my second semester, had um, 188 days of active duty to get all my training. Wow. Finished up with the military in August, which is a few weeks before school starts again. Um, At that point, I was kind of homesick, hadn't been home in a year, really, Um, wasn't... um, ready to go back to Liberty at that point. Yeah. So I didn't um, didn't go to Liberty my second year of college. There was a small Christian school about 20 miles from my house in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. It was called Geneva College. Okay. And so I decided to stay home and commute to school for a year. Wow. So I um, enrolled there, got my second year out of the way. And during that second year, I was in a relationship with a girl that um we thought you know maybe we were going to get married or something like that but after dating her for a year 
I kind of wanted to get away. <laughs> and, and there was a, a Bible school that I had always been interested in. It was in Montana. Okay. And so... And what I, were you going to school for at Liberty? So at Liberty, I was a, a pre-med major. Okay. So I... Um, from a very young age, I had a mentor that was a medical missionary okay. in, in the Chad in Africa. His okay. name was Dr. David Seymour. Uh, his family still runs a medical mission there today. And I, he was just kind of one of my heroes. I always thought if I could be anything in life, yeah, like being a medical missionary would be so cool. Living in Africa, being a doctor. Yeah. I wasn't, it never even crossed my mind to like make a lot of money. I just wanted to, you know. Yeah. Be a doctor and then become a missionary because I wanted to be like him. Yeah. Um, so after, so freshman year at Liberty, I was in pre-meds. Uh, sophomore year at Geneva, I was pre-med. But then with this relationship with um, my girlfriend at the time, I thought I um, kind of needed to get away and just study God's word and kind of be by myself for a uh -huh. while. And figure myself out. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was moving too fast. And yeah. I was like, I'm not ready to get married at 20 years old. <laughs> um, so there was a small Bible school that my youth pastor had always told me about. It was in Montana. And it was okay. a wilderness Bible school. Okay. And I thought, well, this is my one chance. Like, I'm not married yet. I'm still young. I can do this. If I'm going to do it, I should do it now. Uh -huh. So, So I applied, got accepted. And they actually made me an RA, so it kind of saved me some money. I um, got to run one of the dorms there. Yeah. And it was just a one-year Bible school. You didn't get a lot of credit for, like, normal college. So I was kind of giving up a year of my life. Uh -huh. But it turned out to be one of the best decisions that I ever made. It was wow. a really unique experience that I would never, you know, I'll never regret spending yeah. that year just um, – there were only 50 kids at the school, so they split it up, 25 guys, 25 girls. Uh -huh. Kind of we were on opposite sides of the campus. We would have one professor would come in each week, and there would just be a one-week intensive where you'd just study, like, the book of Galatians or the book of Philippians. Wow. Or you'd study missions. You know, or there, some, some classes were just a book of the Bible. Some were just a topic that uh -huh. would be of interest to whatever world missions or yeah um or even just you know ecclesiology some big christian words uh -huh. um so that was an amazing year i got to meet um a lot of influential christian teachers from all over the country um one of the guys i met there ran another bible school in washington state and i got to know him real well his name was richard dahlstrom he wrote a book called o2 and um, he asked me to come out there that following summer uh -huh. and be a leader at his Bible school. Wow. It was just a summer, seven-week intensive wilderness Bible school where you hiked the whole wow. entire You would hike for five days at a time, climb mountains, study the Bible, just talk in community with other Christians from all over the world. Uh -huh. There were kids there from Switzerland, from Germany, from Africa, um, from the U.S. Yeah. And it was very small. I mean, I think there were 11 of us. And we just lived together in community for seven weeks, would climb mountains for five days a week, and then we'd come back. And he had this uh, basically a campground uh -huh. with some little cabins that we would live in. And then he had this big Swiss chalet, and he had a church. And then we would help him with the church on Sunday. Wow. And that was kind of part of our 
ministry. And so after taking that hiatus, I decided it's time to go back to Liberty. Yeah. So what would have been my fourth year of college uh-huh. at this point was really only my junior year. I went back to Liberty. I wanted to finish what I started. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was 1996. Um, so I should have graduated that year, but I was a little behind from being in the army, from going to Bible schools, not getting full credit. Yeah. So I spent two years back in Virginia at Liberty University and ended up with a bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies, which is nothing like what I started out. (laughs) Nothing like what I started out. But along the way, I realized, um, I was not really cut out for medical school. That was um not something that i just felt like you know along the way god showed me i was not that kind of a student let's mm-hmm. put it that way i liked working with my hands uh-huh. i my dad was a carpenter i always grew up doing construction things yeah i helped put myself through college by working construction and i actually i really enjoyed it uh-huh. so i dropped the pre-med thing and decided okay if i'm not gonna be a medical missionary i'll be a pastor so wow. interdisciplinary studies was the quickest way to graduate. Basically, it just meant I had a lot of credits. They didn't all fit into one thing. Yeah. So they called it interdisciplinary studies. <laughs> but I had a lot of Bible credits, a lot of Greek credits, a lot of things that I, would help me yeah. at seminary. So I, um, at that point, my junior year is when I met Ivy's mom. Okay. So I um, actually got engaged to be married my um, first semester of my senior year. Wow. So it was pretty fast. Yeah, I uh-huh. think um, I met her mom in December, and we were engaged by November and married in December. So wow. bef- So before my s- last semester of college, of my fifth year of college, I was married. Wow. Um, and then um, applied to a couple seminaries, around the Chicago area, looked at some in Minnesota, ended up going to Grace Theological Seminary in Winona Lake, Indiana. Uh-huh. So um, left, graduated from Liberty, packed everything up, moved to um, Indiana. Within that first year, we were pregnant. So um, we were married December 6th, 1996. Our first child was born November 30th, 1997. Wow. So, <laughs> so just a few days less than, <laughs> than our one year anniversary, we became parents. Wow. So that, um, that didn't really change my plans at that point. Uh-huh. I was, I still thought God was calling me to be a pastor. I finished my first year of seminary, started my second year of seminary after, you know, having a baby working full-time, going to school full-time. So at this point, it had been seven years of my life going to school full-time, pretty much working full-time. Now I was married, had a kid to 45 hours a week, taking 15 to 18 credit hours. And I was home studying, but, you know, you're just not really present very much when you're just studying Greek constantly. (laughs) You know, I was able to hold my youngest son while I was studying. He'd be, you know, he'd be sleeping, but... So I did feel like I was still able to kind of spend some time with my kids and go to seminary. Um, But by the time the second semester was over of my second year of seminary, I realized 
my wife was very unhappy. Um, she's from Des Moines, Iowa. We moved back to Des Moines. I laid aside my plans to be a pastor at that point because I mm. realized I just needed to provide for my wife and provide, you know, and just be a good husband, a good father. Mm -hmm. So we moved to Des Moines, um, February of 1999. Wow. So 22 years ago. And I started off as a carpenter and just doing maintenance work on apartment buildings and getting odd jobs. And same year bought my first house with my wife. Um, and realized I was probably never going to be a pastor because I didn't know how I'd ever get back to that. Yeah. And I was fine with that at that yeah. point and um, started my own construction company and realized I could be just as um, much of a Christian being a lay person mm. in a church. And so we helped plant some different churches in the Des Moines area um, spent about 10 years at several different churches, um, just helping out with Awanas, helping out with uh -huh. youth group, um, <laughs> being a youth leader. Yeah. Um, and those were all very fulfilling yeah. things. Um, wow. That is, wow. That is a story. That is a story. Well, as you guys have heard, Paul has been a lot of places and you've been called a lot of different places. And I think that's so cool and just so cool to see God still use you and Ben using you. And so um, our topic today is just like plans and like what that means and for everyone's different lives and different stories. And so my question for you is what do you wish you would have known sooner about um, plans and like making your own plans and God's plans? And just how does that play the role in your life? Wow. Okay. What do I wish I knew sooner? Um... I think along the way, I probably got pretty disappointed um, with, you know, especially when I thought I was going to be a medical missionary mm -hmm. and I wanted to be a doctor. And when my grades weren't really good enough, that was disappointing mm -hmm. to me. And I, you know, was looking at how to get into med school and different things. And yeah. I, I just couldn't balance being in the military, you know, working, yeah, going to school full-time and get straight A's or what I thought I needed straight A's and I, I just wasn't getting good enough grades. Yeah. So I wish I would have known that, um, you know, just not to be disappointed about things like that, that God just has a bigger plan and you're, you know, I was thinking earlier today when I was listening to some of your podcasts <laughs> just about <clears throat> the not knowing exactly what we we're going to talk about today, but I knew it had something to do with um, college and yeah. and plans. And the verse that came to my mind was Proverbs sixteen nine, wow, which says, um, "In a man's heart, he plans the course of his path." Wow, but the Lord determines his steps. Wow, and so you know there was a lot of years in my life where I was trying to plan mm -hmm. the course of my path. I thought, you know being a medical missionary would be a really cool thing. It would be, you know, fulfilling. It would yeah. be what God wanted me to do. But God had other plans. Yeah. And that was perfectly fine. Yeah. And, and it's been very satisfying uh -huh. and very fulfilling. And, you know, the desires of my heart got fulfilled uh -huh. that I didn't even know wow. I really had at the time. Yeah. I didn't know how satisfying it would be to just work with my hands uh -huh. and be 
a carpenter and be, yeah. you know, be a contractor and build buildings and um, remodel yeah. houses and, you know, things that turned out and to be... And you didn't even know that was like a I, desire. No. Until... And it was actually the opposite of what... My dad was a carpenter and he yeah. said, don't do this. He <laughs> said, don't work with your hands. That's he said, so work funny. with your head, you know, use, yeah. your, use your mind. Yeah. You don't want your hands to be all, you know, scarred up. And it turned out that you didn't listen. God kind of had the same plans <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so, so good. I. That's really good. Um, so where in your story did God change your plans or use it for his glory in a different way that was like bigger than anything that you could have planned out yourself? Okay. Well, probably the biggest thing, we didn't touch on that when I was giving my story, was... Um, my marriage to Ivy's mom ended about 11 years into marriage. Mm -hmm. And that was something when you grow up in a Christian home and you grow up in the church, Uh um, you know, divorce is never an option Uh or wasn't ever an option. And divorce wasn't even very common back in the seventies and eighties. When I, when I was a kid, I don't think I could count on one hand how many, kids were in a divorced home yeah. when I was a kid. Um, but by the nineties, by the, um, 2000, you know, mid 2000, it's very common. Uh-huh. And so I thought my life was over when I went through a divorce, uh-huh. I, you know, like spiritually being able to like, how could God ever use me again? Yeah. Like, you know, I just felt very defeated uh-huh. and it, my pastor came alongside me, walked me through, you know, the whole process probably took me 18 months to two years to really, and in that time, God really worked on me uh-huh. and um, showed me that, you know, through counsel, wise counsel, that everything was going to be okay. God was going to take care of me. And it turned out, you know, I got you know, 50, 50 custody with my wife. So I still had my kids half the time uh-huh. and I was single for about five years. So I was able to spend more time with my kids yeah. than I, than I ever probably would have if I had been still married and working 50, 60 hours a week. And then, you know, marriage is, takes a lot of time too. And yeah. when you're single, you have a little, you have more time to devote to whether it's the church or a ministry or if you have kids, you can devote the time you need to be that parent yeah. when, when you have the time when your kids are with you. So it really something that I thought was going to be a disaster. And basically I thought it might ruin my life. Like uh-huh. how, how could I ever, it, you know, I was still able to be a youth leader. I was still able to have influence yeah. and teach, you know, messages on Wednesday night. It didn't, it ended up, being okay yeah and, and not just being okay it ended up being you know it ended up being a blessing uh-huh. i yeah um, and so i don't you know no one ever will regret a marriage uh-huh. especially if they have kids that they love and are wonderful mm-hmm. and like you would never change that for yeah. anything you know yeah so, so wow that's, yeah yeah that's powerful um so how do you trust god with your plans or like through that too? Like how did you trust God in that? Um, and also just with your plans in general, as you did go through like a lot of, you know, crazy things as yeah. you went through college and stuff. Right. Like, 
There was a lot of prayer for sure and a lot of seeking wise counsel. I mean, I definitely met with pastors, youth pastors, missionaries, you know, anyone that was uh-huh. older and wiser than me. And like, you know, a lot of my mentors had gone to Grace Theological Seminary. So that's how I ended up there. Uh-huh. Um, the Montana Wilderness School of the Bible thing was something that my youth pastor as a kid, he always had like pamphlets of it yeah. at youth group. And it just seemed like, oh, that would be so cool to go study the Bible in a wilderness setting. And yeah. Yeah, through, um, so once I got past um, Bible school and went to seminary, um, moving to Iowa, after I left seminary, I really had to trust God because we left, you know, a state where I thought I was going to get my MDiv and become a pastor, moved to Des Moines didn't know anybody Uh and so i really had to trust god just in how am i going to find a job how am i going to provide and it turned out that um a guy that i had met at liberty um his dad owned Uh about 34 rental properties and i called him up out of the blue from living in Indiana and just said, Hey, we're probably moving to Iowa soon. Would you have any work for me? And he immediately said, absolutely. Yes. Like I'm overwhelmed. I have so much work that I could keep you busy for as long as you could imagine. And so just that unknown turned into just an abundance of work where eventually I started my own company and hired uh, two people within probably two years of living here wow. when I had, I had my own construction company and I had guys working for me that were helping um, maintain all these 150 apartment units. And then we were doing construction jobs all over the city. Wow. Um, and it was all just word of mouth and God blessed it. And it was, that was something um, I think I learned probably in in college was Mm -hmm. just um i think it was my ivy's mom's dad's dad was a minister down in arizona his name was bill bowler and he would call it um i think he just something anonymous he would call it it was like a weird anonymous thing and he just told the story about how whenever he had a need he would pray and like an envelope would show up and it would be the exact amount of money he would need. Yeah. And I just remember hearing stories like that over and over from older pastors and missionaries about how God provided. Yeah. And I, I just started to trust that uh-huh. and it worked and wow. it just trusting the unknown. Uh-huh. But if you just trust God, he provided and it was almost always exceedingly abundantly like more than i could have asked or imagined and that's in the new testament that's yeah the bible says will happen if you just trust him wow that is such a cool story of how he just provides and is that provider for us that's really cool so you said it came with a lot of prayer like what did that look like in your prayer life because i think a lot of people like struggle with like prayer life and what that means like right would you have any like just how did that prayer life look for you and like Mm -hmm. would you have any like advice on being able to trust God in our unknown seasons to be the provider? Like, what does our prayer life look in those seasons? Does that make sense at all? Yeah. And I would say one good thing would just be like making a list. 
And mm. um, I know for years when I was in that college age and just young adult age, I would always have at least one whole list at the beginning of my journal of just things that I was asking God for. Mm -hmm. And then when he would provide, I would just, you know, put a line through it, Wow. mark the date and just being able to, so to cool. go back and see, you know, he, that he answered it and how he answered it. And then the date, you know, like the date that I wrote it wow. and then asked for it. And then the date that he provided it and it just builds your faith. Yeah. Like, okay, God's come through yeah. again and again and again. And it just builds your trust in him. And then it builds your faith yeah. in, in him that he is the provider. And, yeah. And, and it, then you just don't have to worry. At some point, you you really stop worrying. Yeah. And then you don't have that stress. Yeah. I think that's something too, like, when you can see, because I think that we forget, like, what he's done. Mm -hmm. And then, so, like, have, be able to, like, actually see yeah. all the time, like, okay, he did this a week ago. But we forget about that when we get into these seasons of doubt, because mm -hmm. the devil doesn't want us to remember, you know, what he's right. done in the past. And so, being able to write that down and be able to actually see it, like, that's really cool and yeah. something that helps us remember. I would say make it your first page of your journal. That's yeah. what I always did. Or yeah. even, like, if it's a paper, you know, if it's some sort of hardback journal, make it on the cover to where wow. it can't be a page not the cover but the inside cover yeah. or the backside cover that's yeah. what i would do a lot of times so then it can't even be a page that rips out it's like part, yes. part of the book that's so cool that is great advice i love that i'm gonna start doing that that's awesome i love that wow okay um so um as we are in this advice category okay. what would advice would you give to like young people today a lot of my listeners are like college years or going into college so what advice would you give them um and just trying to trust god with their plans and just being current in their seasons um, mm -hmm. because i think a lot of people think like i have to figure it out right now and do this right. thing for the rest of my life or you know they're just so stressed in their season they don't even get to be present in their season let god use them right now you know mm -hmm. because they're so looking forward. So how would you just advise them to use their season and also just to trust God with their present and future? Yeah. I would say memorizing Proverbs 16.9 would be a yes. good start. Yes. No, just knowing and recognizing that you can make all the plans you want, but those are just your plans. Like God is going to determine your steps. Mm -hmm. And there was an exercise we did, a faith exercise uh, at the Bible school I went to in Washington state where we would go out, um, while we were, you know, hiking five days at a time, sometimes at night, um, we would just take our flashlight mm -hmm. and we'd walk along the trail and just realizing like up there in the mountains where there's no cities, there's, n there's no light. So uh -huh. you're, you're in, if you're in the woods, you're in ultimate darkness. You're, wow. It's pitch black. And if you take that flashlight and you point it down in the ground, you can only see just a very short distance. And so you can only take like that one step uh -huh. at a time. And it, and just a, like that reminder that God's directing your steps. Like you can't see that far ahead of you in reality. Yeah. And just that light that God's shining. Sometimes it's just one step at a time. Yeah. So I would just say, just take, the one step of faith. Like yeah. if you feel like God's leading you down that path, take a step towards it. And if it's meant to be, 
his light will shine the next step and you'll go another step. And if not, that at some point the door is going to close and he's going to flashlight he's, will turn on. Yeah, yeah he's going <laughs> to lead you in a different direction and yeah. and just trust him that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And don't worry so much about it. Yeah. That is such a cool analogy. Because I think that sometimes when we try to like shine our flashlight as far ahead as we can right. and God <laughs> just wants us to keep it right you, in front of you us. You can't see the... And then the, you can't the, see in front you of you. You trip over a... <laughs> A stick that you don't see or something. Wow. Yeah, you you got to shine it right down where your feet are so you can see where you're stepping. That is so good. Wow, I really, really like that. I'm definitely going to use that. Someone once told me to write your plans in pencil. Yes. And I think that that's just like, yeah, you just have to write. We can't write them in pen and pretend like we know what's going to happen. Like we have to be willing for God to erase our plans and to rewrite them in his handwriting, which it should have been his handwriting anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Anything else to say to young people today that are looking for wisdom? Um, well, I would just say memorize as much scripture as you can mm. because the times that you do go through hard times, it's going to be so beneficial mm-hmm. if you have the word of God in your head mm-hmm. and then it can, even if it doesn't come out your mouth, you can recite it quietly in your head yeah, um, and it'll calm you and it'll just reassure you. Where should people start? How should people go about memorizing scripture? Um, well, I would say the New Testament is mm-hmm. um, Romans. Um, first chapter of James yeah. is a great one. Um, first John, some of the smaller books yeah. in the New Testament if you can, you know, just start some verses that'll stick four with verses, you. eight verses, yeah. and then try to build up to a whole chapter. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And it, you'll never forget it. Yeah. It's once, once you learn it, it's in your head, you know, books of the Bible or verses that I memorized in high school and college, I still know them today. And, uh-huh. and it's, so that's, I guess I'd want to say to reassure you, that's something you'll have with you your whole life. Yeah. So the time you put into memorizing it is it'll pay dividends for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so it's just, something so that just doesn't start, change. Start small and yes. just do yeah and and write them out. I would carry verse cards with me for yeah. for years and just, you know, back then we just cut little yeah little three by five note cards up into fourths and just write a verse. That's you know, awesome. We'd write on one side you'd write the verse like John three sixteen and the yeah. other side you'd write it out. You know? Yeah. So then you could look at the one side and try to recite it. And if you needed help, you could flip it over. And yes, look at that's it on awesome. Flashcard action. Flashcard, basically Make a mini flashcards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I use I started um, verses that I want to memorize. I'm making my screensaver, mm-hmm. so I see them all the time. And then like I can try to memorize it while I'm just like looking at my phone because it's always right there. Right. Kind of like a flashcard, but yeah, it's a flashcard. Right. <laughs> Modern With flash technology, card. You, yeah, it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. 20 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. So <laughs> that oh, wasn't yeah. an option. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We had well, to make awesome. our own. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, should we go on a song request? Yes. Okay, Paul, what's your song request? All right. So when I went to Liberty, one of my favorite bands had just left school. So okay. they, I don't know if they actually graduated from Liberty, but it was DC Talk. Okay. And so every semester they would come back and have a concert. And so Jesus Freak 
okay. is a song that I've played for the youth group kids. Uh-huh. I've jammed out with my daughter yes. and Sarah and Ashley, who are all friends of yours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, many yes. times. We've so jammed that's out one to of, that too. That's, yeah, so that's <laughs> one of my favorite jams. I, I still have it on my phone. I play it in my car while I'm driving. So That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So Jesus Freak by? Jesus Freak by DC Talk. Amazing. Awesome. Everyone go listen to Jesus Freak if you have it. All right. Go yeah. jam out to it. Go jam out to it. <laughs> and I'd also just plug Rich Mullins. I don't know if your generation knows about him. Okay. He was an amazing Christian artist that he never got married. So a singleness plug for, wow. for your singleness podcast. Yes. He dedicated his <laughs> life to Jesus. And, wow. And knew that marriage would sidetrack him and he wanted to be focused wow. on ministry. But he died in a fiery car crash probably in like 19... 19- 97 or 98 on a interstate in indiana wow and one of his last songs was called elijah and it was about going out like elijah in a in a whirlwind of wow flames and that's what he and that's what happened to him that's all aw- wow yeah. that's not awesome <laughs> no it's but not like, awesome but he's but... With jesus and that's what <laughs> yes. he wanted his whole life was wow. focused on jesus and he that's got to go out like elijah We'll have to look him up. Yeah, we'll look, him look him up. up. Okay, look him up. deal. Awesome. Well, my song this week is Living Hope by Phil Wickham. Um, I just, it's like the gospel, I feel like. Yeah. The song is like the whole gospel. I don't know. I just really like it. God's our living hope and nothing else is. And I've Love been it. singing it this week. And so, <laughs> yeah, I thought I would request it. But anyways, those are our song requests this week. All right, now we'll end. We will end every single podcast. Go out out and and walk walk by by faith. faith. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. You're welcome.